0: Welcome to Healthy Habits, Happy Homes with the Guelph Family Health Study, where we share research and practical tips for applying it to your own family. Each week, we'll bring you evidence-based health information from experts. Our quick tips will help you create healthy habits for a happy home. Welcome back to this week's episode of Healthy Habits, Happy Homes. My name's Katherine, and I'm your host this week. Today's episode is all about sleep. Many of us are not getting enough sleep whether it's because we're not getting to bed early enough or once we're in bed, we're having a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep. In fact, the sleep industry has been quoted at being a $28 billion industry. So there's something that we need to figure out um, in terms of how to really get that really important um, sleep and make the, the most of the hours that we spend in bed because it does have a huge impact on our health, which we'll learn in today's podcast. We are very lucky to be joined by two sleep experts this episode. The first is Dr. Justine Tshinsky, who is a lecturer at the University of Guelph in the Department of Human Health and Nutritional Sciences. Justine teaches a first-year course all about sleep and the importance of sleep for your health. Our second guest is Dr. Jean-Philippe Chapot, who is a researcher at the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario and his research is all focused on obesity prevention and the adaption of healthy lifestyles specifically promoting the importance of sleep in young children. So stay tuned, um, I'm really looking forward to hearing what these experts have to tell us about sleep. <music> So to start us off, um, can you tell us why sleep is so important? I feel like we hear a lot about it in the newspaper now and it's popping up in all the media, um, but but why?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So essentially adequate sleep is uh, essential for human survival. Um, And so the longest anyone has ever gone without sleep is a mere 11 days, which isn't very long. I can't even
0: imagine that though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: He's pretty tired. Um, So there's a number of different theories that exist as to why uh, we require sleep, but I personally think that there's two that really stand out. Um, And those are that sleep serves purpose for cellular repair and rejuvenation, uh, as well as for memory consolidation. So there's compelling evidence to suggest that sleep is a time of rejuvenation. Uh, We see big spikes in things like growth hormone during sleep, uh, and decreases in stress hormones like cortisol, allowing the body to sort of repair itself. And then with regards to memory consolidation, some of the earliest evidence for this came from research done on rodent models.
0: Hmm. In
1: these studies, scientists monitored the brain activity patterns of mice while they ran through a maze, and what they found is that the exact same brain brainwave patterns occurred that night when the mice were sleeping. So that suggests that the animals were committing that race to memory. Um, we also probably know this anecdotally It's a lot easier to learn a new tasks like a musical instrument or something like that uh, when you're well rested compared to if you're sleep-deprived
2: Yeah, I mean when I was uh, doing my, my undergraduate degree and I was sleep-deprived I noticed that I couldn't really remember things when I was studying for exams And I would go to my exam and really perform better if I had slept the night before so You know, I have some personal anecdotal yeah. evidence as well
1: Absolutely, and there are Strong correlations between sleep and academic performance, um, and that's from you know school age children all the way to high school uh, and university and college students.
0: Super interesting. I mean, it's kind of it's convincing me to go to bed earlier yeah. tonight. <laughs> that's for sure.
2: So now that we've talked about all those recommendations and all the sort of consequences of not getting enough sleep, why aren't people getting enough sleep when it comes if they have the right intentions? What are some barriers that they're facing when it comes to you know getting the right amount of hours?
1: Yeah. So, I personally believe that exposure to artificial light at night is a big player. Um, So, light is the strongest regulator of our biological clocks and circadian rhythms. When we're exposed to light, whether it be natural, like the sun, or artificial, like a table lamp, um, in our brain, called the superchiasmatic super nucleus, or SCN for short, yeah. <laughs> <because> <laughs> SCN, yeah. <laughs> um, the pineal gland sends an inhibitory signal uh, to stop the production of melatonin. Um, and melatonin is our sleep hormone. Um, mm-hmm. That's the hormone that tells us it's time to go to sleep. So then in the dark, or the absence of light, that is able to freely produce melatonin, uh, which will induce sleep. So, in the olden days, when the sun would rise in the morning, uh, the light would tell our SCN to stop producing melatonin. And then when the sun would set in the evening, the darkness would tell the SCN uh, to start producing melatonin to induce sleep. But now, post-industrial revolution, we use artificial light sources to prolong our day. Um, And not only do they emit light, the type of light emitted from some electronic devices like laptops and cell phones and e-readers is blue light, um, which is the type of light that actually suppresses melatonin the most. Mm. So I think that's a major barrier um, to to achieving sleep. Um, I think also just the failure to prioritize sleep as important in one's life. Uh, Again, I mentioned we're a busy society. We've got work demands, social commitments, family dynamics to take care of. Um, Sleep just kind of falls down the list in terms Mm -hmm. of things that, uh, that we have to prioritize. And then other daily habits as well, Um, so we have to be mindful of doing things like drinking coffee in the afternoons or the evenings, um, which will keep us up, avoiding alcohol, um, you know, finding a way to mitigate stress through yoga or exercise, etc. All of those sort of daily lifestyle habits uh, impact our ability to fall asleep and stay asleep
0: Mm -hmm. at night. So it's not even the few, you know, hours or so before bed we need to start thinking about our sleep. It's really the entire day, certainly. sort of, our habits. Yes.
1: Yeah. I, I'd argue probably the hour before bed is probably the most important, Okay, um, but certainly everything you do during the day can contribute yeah. to your sleep. I mean. Which really
2: highlights the devices. I mean, it seems to me like that would be the thing that people would be focusing on the most, an hour before bed, you know, getting that last bit of work in. And I don't think it's or like... phones,
0: yeah. and, you know, yeah. Instagram feed. Yeah.
1: Which
2: is actually. so funny about Instagram and Facebook and even Twitter. I think a Common color uh, sort of theme with those social media outlets is the color blue, Yes. and I wonder if that's not a coincidence. Yeah. If they actually want you to spend more time on those media <laughs> you websites, have to, you
1: have to wonder. Um, but yeah, I think you uh, you really identified it there. We tend to spend that hour before bed watching TV on our laptops, or you know, working, or you know, texting, scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be. And by doing that, we are essentially telling our bodies to stay awake, that we don't want to sleep. So Uh, we're really
0: putting ourselves at a disadvantage there. I read an interesting article uh, a few weeks ago um, that talked about how sleep has become very trendy in terms of trying to get us to sleep more, and they they were citing all these products that you can spend hundreds of dollars on, but it was interesting because most of them were technology-based, and I thought, isn't this besides the point? Don't we just need to get in bed yeah. and stay in bed longer? It's kind of ironic.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, there are some things that are, are sold, like some some blue light blocking devices and things like that that you can purchase for your phone or your computer. Those help, so I mean there's mm-hmm. certainly those uh, those avenues to explore, but I think just you know really teaching yourself how to turn off and to mm-hmm. be able to just go to sleep is really critical.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are some really great tips in terms of thinking about. Definitely, I'm going to try and not bring my phone into my room. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Which <laughs> is harder than said than done. And lots of people do. Lots of people use your phone as your alarm now, right? Mm-hmm. Too. So, oh, I mean, yeah.
2: I do that. I'm guilty of that.
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot of people are. Um, and overall, I mean, I think we just really need to make some efforts to improve our, our sleep hygiene. So, you know, make sure that room is nice and dark. Use blackout blinds, invest in them. Uh, Make sure the room is at an appropriate temperature to sleep at. Uh, The National Sleep Foundation recommends about 18 degrees Mm. um, to be the temperature at which the room is. Um, Do things like avoid spicy foods before bedtime. Um, Eat foods that are high in tryptophan, which can be converted to melatonin. Um, All of these lifestyle uh, factors impact your sleep
2: okay I've heard that having too much salt as well could could keep you up
1: absolutely yes yeah. so you want to be really careful and mindful about what you're consuming prior to bed uh, that so some people like me have low uh, blood sugar and so we actually have to be strategic and eat something um, that's you know uh, an appropriate carb source with mm-hmm. a, a protein uh, source on the side there too to just sort of keep our blood sugar stable throughout the night yeah um, but yes avoid spicy foods avoid sugar avoid salt
2: And uh, in terms of sleep quality, which we touched on a little bit, um, some people say that, you know, oh, yeah, I I get my certain hours of sleep, but, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night and or um, they or I'm easily woken up by sort of noises or so what are the what's the relationship between bad sleep quality versus sleep quantity Mm -hmm. and, and some of those sort of bad health um, consequences that we talked about earlier do is, is there any difference that we know of right now between the consequences
1: not really so uh, basically if you can if you have sufficient quantity of sleep but very poor quality of sleep that's just as bad as not getting enough sleep to begin with yeah that's mm-hmm. really important I it think. is yeah. mm-hmm. so we've got you know several different stages of sleep there's REM sleep which is where you tend to get your uh, your dreaming and such that occurs and then there's non-REM sleep that can be further subdivided into stages 1, 2, and 3, and 4. So stage 1 and 2 are sort of your lighter phases of sleep, whereas stages 3 and 4 are the deeper stages of sleep. Okay. And those are the really important ones. Those mm-hmm. and REM um, are the really important ones for um, learning and things like that, rejuvenation. So... Um, you really want to make sure that you're getting into those deep stages of sleep while you're sleeping or else you're just not going to feel rested. Anymore.
0: Right, so yeah. if you're only getting those stage one or two, those are the people that may wake up in the night? And yeah, wake up in the sound night
1: or just very light sleepers. And some people are naturally more light sleepers than others, but the key is to to spend enough time in bed and <laughs> asleep to actually reach those deep stages because mm-hmm. they're the ones that are the most important.
0: Mm-hmm. Steen just told us all about why sleep is so important. We then asked Jean-Philippe how much sleep children under the age of six really need to find out are our kids actually meeting the recommendations can you tell us how much sleep children under six should be getting like what should we be aiming for
3: yes so we know that uh, we want parents and caregivers uh, that make sure that children follow the age appropriate sleep duration recommendations as found in the Canadian 24-hour movement guidelines so to know more about the Canadian 24-hour movement Guidelines encourage people to go to the participation website and they list all of those good ranges of sleep duration for each age group. So, for example, for infants between zero and three months, the recommendation is to sleep between 14 to seven hours of sleep per night. That's a lot. Yes, uh, that includes naps. For infants between four to 11 months, years Better keep hygiene over time.
0: of 13 hours of sleep for preschoolers. School-age children need between 9 and 11 hours of sleep. But when we look at Adults and teenagers. Teenagers need 8 to 10 hours of sleep, which I'm not sure many of them are meeting those recommendations. And adults need between 7 and 9 hours of sleep. Um, And as we'll hear from Justine now, many Canadians are not meeting the recommendations. And she's going to tell us some of the consequences in terms of our health. So, can you tell us a little bit about the consequences of not getting enough sleep? Like, what are we sort of missing out on here in terms (laughs) of the benefits?
1: Um, So, lack of sleep increases your risk for numerous diseases. Um, These include, but are certainly not limited to, um, obesity, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, depression, anxiety, all sorts of mental health conditions. Lack of sleep is also associated with poor work performance or academic performance in school, as we were mentioning. Mm -hmm. I mean, as as a result, some school boards even in Toronto are pushing the start time of schools to be a bit later, and they're seeing huge improvements in academic performance in their students. So failure rates are you know are not as high when they're able to sleep in a little bit later. The students tend to be in better moods as well, which is a win-win for everybody. Absolutely, (laughs) yeah. So uh, so that's good um sleep-deprived individuals are more likely to smoke um, to drink alcohol in excess consume excess caffeine um, all of those sort of unhealthy uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. behaviors as well mm-hmm. so um, there are big problems with lack of sleep
0: yeah and I can imagine too when I'm tired the last thing I want to do is cook so I'm eating for sure food that's not as healthy for me yep
2: absolutely yeah and, yeah. Th- and there's this vicious cycle as well of people who don't get enough sleep who don't feel like they have enough energy to exercise Exactly. Yeah. and I feel like if you don't exercise then you're not going to be able to sleep as well either, right? Yep.
1: it's the, That vicious cycle tends to rear its head and, and all sorts of uh, correlations between sleep and either healthy or unhealthy um, behaviors. Right.
2: Great. Well, thank you so much for all of these uh, important you know, tips and, and all of your, your knowledge about sleep. Mm-hmm.
0: You're most welcome. We certainly learned a lot. Thank you so much, Justine. Good. Thank you, guys. So we're talking about how sleep really impacts other health behaviors like physical activity and like the foods that we choose to eat. And Jean-Philippe also talked about this um, in children and how lack of sleep impacts other health behaviors among our youngest um, family members. So when we talk about lack of sleep, we talk about short duration and or poor sleep quality.
3: So they're both associated with a wide, wide range of adverse effects on health and on mental health, and that may include things like weight gain if uh, kids don't sleep enough, unhealthy behaviors, so physical inactivity, so we feel more tired, so we're less likely to move. Uh, there's more screen time associated with lack of sleep, more unhealthy eating behaviors, so we tend to crave more for high fat, high sugar. So, uh, cognitive function, talking about attention, concentration, learning, we see lower academic achievement, uh, risky behaviors, injuries, accidents, uh, lower quality of life and well-being, which really impacts uh, overall health. So, I think having a good night's sleep uh, should really be included in the package of good health, and for me, it's as important as having a good diet every day and moving every day for overall health.
0: Yeah, for sure. It it really sounds like sleep impacts most of our healthy behaviors and potentially makes them harder um, to do if if we're sleep-deprived.
3: Yes, it's more difficult to maintain a healthy lifestyle if we don't sleep enough for sure. Now that we've heard what the experts have to say about sleep, we wanted to know what the kids thought. So we asked Eleanor and Marino about their bedtime routines and sleep. Okay, so if we're talking about sleep, what do you think is important to help you get a good night's sleep
1: um you should like dream about good things and then mm-hmm. yeah and eat healthy stuff
3: mm-hmm.
2: what else would help you maybe fall asleep faster?
1: Oh what works for me is my mom drives on my back and sometimes my mom gives me
2: a dream that's good huh you know
3: what else do you think might Um, help you fall asleep. Do you think it's easier if you fall asleep at the same time every night? Yeah.
2: Does your bedtime routine help you fall asleep? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Okay. What do you like about having routines?
0: That happens over and over again. As per Healthy Habits Happy Homes Traditions, I do have our top three takeaway points from this podcast. I would really like to thank Justine and Jean-Philippe for joining us. I think that their uh, expertise has provided us a lot to think about and maybe we'll uh, start getting that routine for bedtime started a little bit earlier tonight. So our take-home points today, our first one is that sleep is essential in young children to maintain attention and good emotional health as well as to prevent adverse health outcomes such as obesity and chronic disease later in life and for adults sleep is really important as well as we heard from Justine. Our second tip is that children between the ages of one to two years need 11 to 14 hours of sleep in a 24-hour period and preschoolers between the ages of three to five years of age need between 10 and 13 hours of sleep in that 24-hour period. And finally, our third tip is maintaining a bedtime routine and a healthy sleep environment will help children and adults develop a healthy sleep routine that will hopefully be maintained throughout their lives. So this has been Healthy Habits, Happy Homes. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we can't wait for you to tune in with us for our next episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Healthy Habits, Happy Homes. We can't wait to have you tuning with us next week. But in the meantime, if you'd like to connect, you can visit our website, www.guelphfamilyhealthstudy.com, or visit us on Facebook at Guelph Family Health Study. Thanks and have a great week.